Hi there and welcome to Through My Lens of Life. Today's podcast is entitled Conditioned Existence. So in today's podcast, I'm going to take a look at exactly what is conditioning or patterns of conditioning and how they fit into our life. So in order to do this, we need to go right back in time. We need to go back to before we were born and we take a look at our mothers. And when we were developing our cells inside our mother's bodies, basically everything that our mothers came into contact with in her world um, sort of shaped her experience and then in turn her experience and how she basically experienced her existence sort of shaped her emotions and the way in which she lived her life and um, sort of you know went about all the things that she did But then inside of her was this little being sort of developing and growing. And that little being, that fetus, was basically being also shaped by our mother's experience of her own existence. And I mean this on a molecular level because all the emotions that our mothers would feel are chemicals that are released into the bloodstream and then sort of affect um, what happens to us in the womb in terms of how our cells react to those chemical messengers that come through and our little bodies responded in certain ways to the way in which she experienced her life. But then once we were born our brains were kind of like sponges and they were just open and vulnerable to everything that we were being exposed to in our environments. And so all the qualities um, that represented itself um, from our, our family, our home life, and words spoken to us or the emotional intensity of our homes and um, everything that our brains were absorbing in our environments started to transcribe in our brains how the world became a reality to us as we became coherent from baby to toddler to little child and so everything we saw became the interpretation of how we would later on interpret everything that we came into contact with and the writing of the wiring in our brains was laid down and so the interpretation of what words mean 
became evident to us by the way in which they were interpreted by those who taught us what they mean. And so we developed filters in our minds to distinguish between emotion and words and meanings of words that generate different emotions. And this is how basically we ended up finding out about language and how different it can be between one household to another and how it can also be so different from one individual to another due to the conditioning of who we learned it from and what it meant to them and then what it became to mean to us. We can view this distinct differentiation when we take a look at the differences between people in what people interpret as meanings of words or sentences where one person would would take no offense to a word or a sentence and another individual might find it highly offensive. This is where this kind of dynamic develops right from a young age in the family dynamic and the dynamic in which the individual is being exposed to different um, interpretations of what things mean, what words mean, the understanding and interpreting of emotional responses, etc. And if, say for instance, you were raised in a pretty happy home where there was no confrontation and everything was sort of um, generally upbeat and light-hearted, you'll have a different experience from someone who was raised the total opposite way. The same thing applies to people who were, alleged, who were raised in a religious circumstance as opposed to, to people who were not. You find that the meaning and understanding of life and perspective all change depending on how the person was raised and what they were exposed to in terms of um, the understanding of the different elements within the household, whether it be cultural, religious, ethical, um, moral, etc. And um, this is what sets everyone apart in, in being individuals, but it's also what begins many of the cycles of um, suffering in a lot of people because from this sensitive place sometimes the conditioning is rather negative in what they're exposed to from a very very young and tender age. The problem is with most people is that they are totally unconscious to this kind of conditioning you know, they're conditioned in such a way that if they were maybe raised in a negative environment where everything was, you know, there was a lot of anger, negativity, when they're grown up, they might argue that this was the correct way in which to be raised. They might say that those negative attributes were the right thing that they needed in order to be a good person, where another individual would take a look at that circumstance and say, you know, because they weren't raised in those circumstances, would say that's absolutely untrue. And so you see the difference in the comparison 
between the ideas according to the conditioning between one person and another. This also shows that how conditioning sets the scene for an individual's entire life. In other words, if parents have raised a child a certain way to believe certain things and to think that certain things are morally wrong, which maybe aren't really morally wrong, um, but according to those parents, those things are, that child will grow up to believe that those things are morally wrong regardless of what someone else thinks or not because the patterns of conditioning were laid right from when the child's mind was extremely sensitive and able to absorb what was acceptable behavior and what was not acceptable behavior. Through the conditioning of what was acceptable, the patterns of conditioning were created. And we've got to understand that in order for someone to condition another person, i.e. a parent to condition a child, the parent had therefore been conditioned prior to conditioning the child. So if the conditioning comes from a place of what society expects, then those social pressures of what society expects a child to be like are going to have a certain implication on the conditioning of the raising of the kid. But if there's also default patterning in the parents from the way that they were parented, these conditioning patterns are also going to come across and they're also going to be sort of inbred into the child as these are the things that we find acceptable or not acceptable in terms of your behavior. And so this is how the true mechanism deep down starts being created in the understanding of the formation of the child's mind and and how they see themselves in the world and how they see everyone else and the interpretation of what things mean and don't mean and it sort of sets the stage for the rest of their life we also find these patterns of conditioning in terms of positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement in terms of you know how behavior is um, either you know sort of like rewarded or punished in terms of um, the developing child. We then find that even when the child goes to school, however a teacher interacts with that child in terms of conditioning the child, in terms of learning and the methods that are used to condition the child to pay attention and with positive and negative reinforcement to get the child to study also has implications on the child's sense of self and the formation of the conditioning of the mind of the kid and how you know eventually the kid grows up and these patterns of conditioning tend to stay there you know so it's not only at school but it's also at home but then you also find that when a child comes into contact with friends in a social interactions, the child comes into contact with other children who've been conditioned in different ways. And so you might come across a child that has been conditioned in ways that are so negative that that child will demonstrate different aspects of bullying behavior from what they were exposed to in the home. Because however the child was conditioned, it will tend to project its exposure of conditioning upon others and so if those were negative it will have negative reactions 
and uh, implications in in the social environment and often as children you know if you were told that you were bad too many times in your life you started to believe those patterns of conditioning and so then they become the internal voice that plays to you from your subconscious by the time you're a fully grown adult and it's in these places that we believe all the negative things that our subconscious mind tells us at any given time um, for instance like we are failures or we can't do something or how bad we are in situations or um, how not not good enough we are etc so by coming to understand the whole concept of conditioning and where it all comes from do we begin to see that you know if we if we consciously look at our own lives we can see where we were conditioned and also what happens to to an individual is that that constant self-talk that's formed from conditioning becomes the conditioning you feed yourself as as a grown-up and this affects you in ways uh, later on in your life as terms of how much belief you have in yourself and how much self-esteem you have you know what I mean and um, like you know people will say oh but you know you see that person over there they've got low self-esteem and everyone sort of you know because of their conditioning may even shun that person but they don't understand that from the mechanism however that person was raised they were raised to believe that they were bad and so self-esteem was never cultivated in them and everyone always took notice of everything they ever did wrong and maybe there wasn't enough positive reinforcement for the things that they did right and so the person is left in a place where they don't know how to cultivate belief in themselves because it was never shown that they should believe in their good qualities and they should believe in their good attributes and this is kind of like the human condition of of today's day and age if if you take a look at society I mean there are so many people that feel this way about themselves they feel like they're not good enough they feel like they are bad in some way they feel like they're failures in their their careers and their relationships and that they can't get anything right and it's more from the way in which they were conditioned to see themselves in their own life by how other conditioned individuals treated them that this sort of sense of self is formed the only way to fix um, or counteract the sort of patterns of conditioning is to actually go and examine yourself as a person and have a look at what's untrue for you you know if you were told you were bad in your life and you know that you were not a bad person deep down in your heart then you know that that was something told to you from a place of conditioning and so then it's your opportunity to remove those patterns of conditioning you know and find ways and mechanisms to do so a lot of the time the conditioning left an emotional residue behind inside the body and that emotional residue has never ever been looked at or dealt with and it's this this kind of thing that causes permanent damage to a person and leaves them scarred for life if you want to look at it from that perspective because it creates trauma in in a in a person you know where they can't actually face anything and they can't they're full of anxiety and they become a depressed individual and um 
they see themselves as a failure and because they see themselves as a failure that comes becomes like a repetitive reality for them it manifests in their life because of the way in which they see themselves um, against the world basically the identification of these places of patterning and conditioned patterns that have been laid down in your own life is the path in which you can begin to explore a way of undoing what happened to you in your life and so you know to to find out who you really are you have to find out all the things you are not to yourself like if if other people told you you were bad in in conditioning and you know you're not a bad person um, you realize that that was a pattern of conditioning because they were obviously conditioned that way and so they conditioned you that way and if you're conscious of this you can begin to undo those mechanisms by facing the emotional realities of your memories associated with those those places where conditioning was laid down in you you know all the different memories in your life you can start trying to sort of focus on um, how to go into those memories and 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 feel what you you didn't allow yourself to feel in the past and this is how you can undo those cycles of conditioning in you and then once you have undone a lot of them you can begin to start laying down new positive conditioning um, attributes to yourself where you can choose to look at life in a different way because life it really is about choices you know everyone thinks you, you don't have a choice you have to look at life the way you were conditioned to look at it but the truth is that perspective can change a, you know at will we have our own free will to change our perspective on something and if we choose to change our perspective on ourselves our whole lives change because you realize that you have a choice to stick to past conditioning ways of seeing yourself which maybe were in the negative or you can choose to see that that way was destructive to you and impeded and held you back in your life in multiple places and then you can begin to look at it and say well you know what that that didn't serve me that wasn't helpful to my life and I need to create new patterning and new conditioning that is of positive and service to myself you know for my future allowing yourself to feel things that you maybe told yourself you weren't allowed to feel you know removing of guilt in your life is one of the 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 the, the, the biggest liberators there is because many of the times we felt guilty and we felt like we weren't good enough and just examining those feelings going into those places I mean those are like universal feelings across the board of how most people feel at least somewhere in their life they feel guilty about something that happened and um, maybe there was a certain amount of resentment there um, uh, for for other places and examining these deep emotions examining our anger examining our fears um, examining our pain of, of past memories and things like that it gives us the power to change our perspective on ourselves and on the world this is where we can begin to to say to ourselves you know look this is what wasn't working for me half of my life you know maybe the way in which I've been seeing myself and seeing other people is part of 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 what's holding me back part of what's impeding me in my growth as a person or what's causing me so much suffering and misery 
maybe these emotions that I haven't yet dealt with or all these places that I can remember that are painful things that keep coming back all the time and I haven't actually dealt with what I felt here and there are the reason why I just can't get to a better place in my life, why I can't become more of a motivated person, why I can't get over so many things that have happened to me. And um, this is the mechanism of, of beginning to heal yourself and beginning to find out who you are beneath all the conditioning, beneath all of the, all of the pain and all of the suffering that you've been through in your life. And so you begin to change your own view of yourself when you do this, because you realize what role did you play and what role did other people play for you? And how did you feel about that? And then you can start taking responsibility for the way that you felt. And you can see, um, you know, sort of like how everything has ever affected you from start, you know, to where you are in your current place in your life. And, um, you know, then you can begin to change. You can begin to change everything. Where, where things were negative, you can turn them to the positive. And so this is the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, if you want to look at it at that perspective, it's, it's that things can change from, from, from bad to good just by your choice of deciding that that's the way that you want to see them. You know, if you want to decide that you are no longer a bad person and you want to fix the way in which you see yourself in this world, it becomes your, your own free choice to do so. And if you know that you need to, to fix a whole bunch of things that are hurting you in order to get to that place, then, then that's something that you can pursue. And so you find out that, that doors that you thought were closed start to open to you. And you realize that, you know, they, they, there is hope on the horizon for yourself, you know, and things that seemed so much full of darkness and despair change to a lighter perspective. And, um, you know, you start to want to, to motivate yourself to, to do this, to heal yourself, to eliminate your pain and suffering so that you can have a better existence. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join me for my next episode. This is Rosalie, and you've been listening to Through My Lens of Life.